Talking over each other. One sec. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestler Review. My it's name wrestler. is Dylan God. It's Wrestler, not Wrestler. No, I pronounce the fucking T. The no. T's for tough. No, the T's for fucking uh, two loser. That's you. You're two losers. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's also silent. The T is, <laughs> we pronounce the T, but the T is silent as well. Yeah. Figure that out. I want you to pronounce it, but I don't want to hear you pronouncing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the T is whether we pronounce it or not. That's how we pronounce it that exactly. day. Exactly. It's like how jazz musicians say it's the notes you don't play. It's the T's you don't pronounce. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, you know what? It's extra to T's. Yeah. We, we pronounce wrestler with... Yeah, fuck the right. The rest Yeah, that's right. We're going to be selling our own fucking... Dictionaries. What do you call that? Dictionaries. Supplements. Diction that are dictionaries. Because we Yo. have extra T. Yo, you sentences got abs? What's that? Your sentences. Ooh, do your sentences yeah. have fucking abs, you bitch? Are your sentences doing core? Mm. Uh, I don't think they are. Well, you better fucking get yourself some of this dictionary in your ass. <laughs> Just two men with ADHD screaming over each other. I'm Dylan Gott. That's John, John Hastings. Hastings. This week we're talking about Kenneth, Bill, Stevens, Rudiger, Omega, the third. That's right. Winnipeg's own biggest nerd. Oh, yeah, bod. Uh, just imagine, Nick Kenny Omega's even funnier when it's, just imagine a young Tyson Smith uh, growing up around guys like this. What you playing with there, bud? You little fucking little guy fucking Asian. They didn't say Asian. You fucking Asian no, fucking would, toys there. Hey, hey, Mr. Power Rangers, why don't you do a little fucking Voltron on hey. my fucking cock, you fucking gee? Hey, Kenny, are you watching that fucking wrestling that Chinese people put on that's for oh, Japan? Yeah. Hey, fucking man, why don't you come down by the fucking crick? Donna showed what somebody her fucking breasts last fucking Sunday, you fucking loser, bud. Oh, yeah, buddy, here's the thing about that. I heard you're fucking wrestling there. I heard I'd fuck your fucking mom, though. I'd fuck her. I'd be your real dad. I'm eight. Yo, hey. <laughs> I'm eight I'll teach I talk you like this. I'll teach you how to wrestle. How about you give me some smokes first, though, bud? Why don't you fucking get your little pussy out of your fucking cock there and do some real fighting there, bud? Hey. That Bret Hart there, I could fuck him up. I'd fuck him in his ass. I'd make him fucking nice. I'd make him my wife, bud. My Aunt Sharon once fucking gave a fucking blowjob to Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah, fucking, that's good. Fucking nuttered on her blouse. She still wears it. <laughs> no, um, that would be, it would be this. It would be this. Can I, if I could uh, amend that? Go ahead. Yeah. Your little rest in there, uh, oh, it's real. Oh, my Aunt Sherrod fucking blew Roddy Piper, said his dick was fucking this big That's there, exactly buddy. That's exactly what it would have been. Yeah. It would have been an unnecessary information about the penis size shared between a family member. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Omega is from Winnipeg. Winnipeg is ground zero for scumbag Canadians. The sports winter coats, smoke-filled, uh, uh, salt-covered stands. All right, so now we're going to talk about Kenny fucking Omega. You know, here's what I like about Kenny Omega. I like his hair. I like his body. So obviously, he grew up in Winnipeg. Every biography I've seen of the guy, I love how like, when biographies about people they really like have to be like, and his uh, his upbringing was so nice. Mm -hmm. But he got into wrestling at 15. He wrestles in the Canadian Indies for a minute. And oh my god, I could only WWF. imagine what he was fucking seeing because he was in the Canadian Indies. In when the, the industry broke. Yeah, like he was in the he was in the Canadian Indus Indies, like at a time when it was like what what the fuck? Like the weirdest wrestlers. He'd be doing so many matches with like, oh my god, who like Billy Jack Haynes? You know what I mean? Like this is well, yeah, the industry broke, so you only had like this is Neidhart and Snake drunk oh, on yeah. crack at an indie show and Kenny Omega. He literally started like, it's like, hey, I'm going to get into finance. I got into finance in 2008. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like 
Hey, I'm going to 2001 gonna get into, he gets in there. I'm going to get into stand up comedy. I'm going to do that in 2006. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> but that being said, the way it, it, he does wrestle like he wrestles guys like uh Chris Sabin, Amazing Red, he wrestles for Harley Race's promotion uh, about 4 years in. Like it's one of those things where Kenny Omega just by virtue of the fact that this guy has abs and muscles has already set himself apart, let alone think, the fact that he's actually athletic. I also think that he has, if you literally list like Chris Saban, Amazing Red, Kenny Omega has a different look than them. Kenny Omega, this is not brought up enough. He has 80s bully face that just doesn't exist anymore as a face in wrestling. Do you know what I'm saying? Like him and the Young yeah. Bucks, the one advantage they have is they look like the shitheads who were leaned against a car in high school. <laughs> that your girlfriend and then you're like yeah it is and then they're like oh how'd you get one like that's like yeah. they're they don't know like they're just like hey we're bullies and you're like you're not though and then they're like you're you that's true like that's like that's what they <laughs> look like he looks like a fucking weasel rat yeah and he's more so than you reminds me a lot of like physically weirdly is bret hart because he's like very naturally muscular yeah like, bret hart is very very naturally muscular and only because of who he was wrestling back then does it not hit into place like this guy's naturally like 5 10 5 11 and just 230 pounds of like juicy yum yum also there's no more canadian a name than just tyson as a first name in the 90s like that is such a like yeah shithead canadian a fucking is named after mike tyson no mike tyson's named after my kid <laughs> yeah bro my kid's gonna fucking knock you out after he's done playing with I'm going to say Naruto. Mm -hmm. He's going to watch a lot of... I guarantee that Kenny Omega saw a bunch of Sailor Moon on YTV and was just like, wow. That's, that is it. No, 100%. It's, this is the first... It's this so is crazy that I know the thing that influenced Kenny Omega's life. Like, I can tell you he was watching YTV at 4 o'clock in, in the early 90s getting sailor moon jacked into his fucking brain i am the probably was sailor guy. moon that's what he well, was this is the sing. first this is the first thing this is the first anime invasion of like sailor moon pokemon um i guess he's been a bit old for pokemon but a guy like that probably doesn't worry about it anyway yeah that guy i guess that guy's got power guy rangers played. was japanese too wasn't it it was originally Whoa. a japanese show that was over uh, they were overdubbed. from angel grove california do you know that yeah, that's where the show was set. I think it was set, wasn't it set in Angel Grove, California? Just a, like a oh, some weird. Um, I don't know. Angel Grove. So, oh my uh, god, it's the fictional city that Angel Grove, California, is the fictional city in which the Power uh, Rangers universe is set. Fucking criticize me again, and fucking no, you're wrong. Now it's almost twenty minutes in. We've said nothing about Kenny Omega. Dylan, tell me some stuff. We said a bit. No, well, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> not going to. Uh, Power Rangers was a live-action superhero movie based on Japanese <laughs> uh, franchise Super Sentai, and then Whoa. it was produced first by Saban Entertainment, which is an American-Israeli uh, thing. Oh, no, the Toei Company first, which is a Japanese uh, company. Anyway, so there was roots in... Je much like Kenny Omega himself. So... He goes into WWE developmental, and this is the developmental period where it's just uh, you show up, build a mot, takes his pants off, and says, kiss brown or kiss pink, and then that's your whole <laughs> training. <laughs> that's your entire training regimen. It's build a mot, Jody Welcome. Hamilton, and Bob Holly. He hates them all. Go, John. Welcome to training. I'm Jody Hamilton. I'm full of shit in my pants. Who would like to smell it? All right, everybody, my name is Bob Holly. I'm unnecessarily angry, and I just fucking killed one of you and build him on. <laughs> Who wants to fucking see me fuck some coleslaw with my ass? <laughs> <laughs> my wrestling name is Hugh Morris, and here's another thing about me. Every time I sit down, I imagine it's on a woman's face because that makes me a man. I'm Jody Hamilton. I'm wearing a mask even though I always gave my full name. <laughs> Jody Hamilton reminds me of like the boss in that Bill Burr um cartoon where it's like What do you mean I what do you, I did a whole restaurant that's just chicken skins? What do you mean no one showed up? And then Bob Colley, of course, is like 
All right, Kenny, how about this? First thing I pin you, think of thing you get your fucking dad down here, I'll pin your fucking dad. And I'll give him my finishing move, which is fucking you, so he give, re-gives birth to you. That's my fucking move. It's very um, My mom gave birth simple. to me. Fuck you. That's why Fuck I was such you. a pussy. You had, to have a, you had to get birthed by a woman, bitch pussy. My, here's how I got it. My dad fucked a tractor, and then a Range Rover gave birth to me, Bob Howley. Yeah, I fell out of the truck. I was covered in mud. I was 37 years old. <laughs> they said when I worked at the timber yard, the chemicals would infect my brain. Oh, sure, there's holes in it, but that's just place for me to keep my keys. Kenny, 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 you suck. Kenny, Kenny, <laughs> give me 80 bucks, Kenny. Kenny, I don't like Don Callis. Why the fuck are you friends with him? Go ahead. This is a very interesting thing is that so Kenny Omega, he's born in 1983 and when he gets released or he asks, he asked, sorry, for his release in uh, 2005. So he's 22 years old and he started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And this is around the time the ultimate fighter, he gets really into MMA and says he's going to forge a career in MMA, but of course just keeps on wrestling yeah, and unfortunately his for way him, uh, Uriah Faber always existed, and they already had a small guy that did not live up to expectations in the UFC. Whoa, oh, I fucking He's did it. He's quite a lot bigger than Uriah Faber, though. I know, but I just went for someone who looked like kind of like Kenny Omega, and I feel he Uriah, Fa Uriah Faber was a good pick. <laughs> that was good. I mean, Kenny Omega obviously would have been beaten up very badly, but possibly by one of the worst named people ever. Uriah oh, yeah, Faber. Uriah Faber. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Kenny Faber. Omega still has a website. Why does anyone have a website? I still have a website. Oh, wow. Kenny Omega has his own pre-workout. That's fucking... That makes what's me the, think less of him. What's the... What's a, what the fuck's a... What do you mean a pre-workout? eat a manga. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kenny... Pre-workout? Pre-workout is uh, stuff you eat that has caffeine and other shit in it. That makes you jacked up to work out. You can either literally have pre-workout or you can like do a bit of blow. It's like that. So like basically it's just pre-workout is just like how like it's like Red Bull or it's whatever a scam. powder. Okay. That's what I meant. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. It's just a bunch of sugar. Okay, essentially. So but advertising pre-workout is just kind of like, hey, I don't think much of you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's pre-workouts really. I mean, maybe pre-workouts great. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are now brought to you by Kenny Omega's Redcon One. If you would like to pre your workout, hey, you know what workouts are like? Workouts are like jizzing in a nice lady. And you know what makes jizz the best? Pre-cum. You know what's the <laughs> pre-cum of life? Pre-workout. So please try out Kenny Omega's Redcon One. That's yeah. Redcon One for when you want your dick. To be red from the dye from the powder. This is the thing. This is the thing I like about Kenny Omega. Is uh, everyone thinks, oh, he's like, you know, because of the Golden Lover storyline. Um, basically, having the first wrestling character where the fact that they're gay isn't just directly bad. It's just one of the things about them. Oh, he's but he's still definitely a professional wrestler because literally this pre workout just says total war on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Total god. Total war. And you know what came out this week is that um CM Punk's dog had to get two teeth removed because they when they fucking kicked the door and the dog was in front of the door. Now I'm on CM Punk's side sort of. Do you know what's even better? You know what's even better? Not yeah. true. Not true. The invest I read that this morning they were like cuz CM Punk apparently his big thing is like Talk oh, he punched Steel. his dog? To, <laughs> he's just like, talk to Ace Steel's wife. We'll talk to Ace Steel's wife. And the corporate investigators were like, "I this is what I assume they said. They said, hey, uh, Phil, for the 80th time, we're not carnival workers. We are insurance lawyers that are going through all of this. If there was anything that pointed towards your dog needing to get teeth removed, sort of like us counting your dog's teeth and they're all still in his head, we'd look into it. But there's no evidence of that. So please stop. This isn't like your business. This is like a real thing. And then I guarantee you, you, you don't even know that. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't know if anyone understands. I'll talk about CM Punk later. Anyway, it's, it's a professional wrestling thing. And someone said this, and it is true. This is CM Punk. This going to sound weird, but CM Punk is Shawn Michaels. And this is the new Montreal Screwjob. And just like in, uh, just like everything in wrestling nowadays is just a bit more wimpy than when everyone just carried guns. I'm not saying 
Wrestling was better back then. I'm just saying it was way more dangerous. And also, yeah. like, the fact that CM Punk, like, I guess the Young Bucks and Kenny weren't on TV afterwards, but Vince McMahon had to show up the next day with a black eye and, like, Bret Hart, a guy who fake fights, punched a man in the face and gave him a black eye and CM Punk didn't got his friend to bite eye. him. Vince McMahon didn't show up with a black eye. Didn't show up at all. I was at the Raw after that. He didn't show up at all. <laughs> yeah, he did the speech. That speech was weeks later. The Brett screwed Brett speech and all that, that wasn't the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, everyone remembers I've been it. cucked. It was like th- a, a while later, he was like, well, time to address this thing I did that was good. <laughs> so he does the indies, sorry, uh, C- uh, CM Omega does. Woo! And he finds his place, basically, because the indies become fucking silly. Mm-hmm. So, and Kenny Omega is a silly boy. It's basically what it is, is all of the people that wanted to do like sports. Uh, it's like wrestling. All of the shithead bully, like athlete bros became famous. And the indies in this moment were just like, I'm four foot 11, but boy, oh boy, can I do a fucking belly to back suplex? Yeah, or just no one's like, going. You have yeah, no exactly. stars. There's no stars. We need to make our own stars. Get me a guy who looks like potato salad. We're calling him Joe. Get me a... Um, a man with luscious hair. We're calling him AJ Styles. Well, just think about wrestling. Think about the wrestling outside of WWE for like maybe it's late till 2004. Is there's this time where it's like not only does WWE have all of the main talent from WCW, but a lot of that main talent is locked up in contracts for two other years. So you get oh like two God. whole years of not anybody can wrestle because like even guys like. Who would have just been on the indies in in regular time would have been like Nash, Hall, Hogan, even um, fucking Goldberg. All these guys would have just been like wrestling other places for those two years after WCW, but they're still all on contract. So you get time. Now, this is obviously past that time or 2005, 2006. So, but that's been established, right? Like guys like we did the episode on, um, oh my God, Reckless Youth. Reckless Youth is one of the guys who's just like, okay, I'll do chain wrestling one night and the next I'll just be silly because no one's tracking me and this is just fun. There is also a like a weird, how do I say this? In that time period, there was kind of a like nothing's working, so do whatever you want to everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's such They're just trying inter- shit. Like... It's weird. It's, we kind of need one of those events right now because of AEW and WWE's prominence. There's kind of like everyone's doing one style or the other, and no one's like as soon as a cool indie starts, then suddenly it's got like eight podcasts and it's doing a webcast, and uh, Triple H has appeared on it. You know what I mean? Like it's this thing of like there yeah, is everything it, like, is everything's recorded now. You need some just like fucking go two years blender it, get a job, yeah. try some shit. Which is what Kenny Omega does in DDT and all these things is that he tries things. And now this is the thing about like, you know, you you talk about guys like Jim Cornette who like hate Kenny Omega and shit. Like Dick Murdoch did the fucking curly spin around in the ring. Exactly. But it just wasn't on tape. Yeah, it wasn't on tape. The thing that Jim Cornette hates is Jim Cornette, by the way, the Midnight Express were fucking. Dave Meltzer has talked about this with Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette denies it. But I do believe it, which is the Midnight Express was hated the way that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were for how high level their work rate was, how intense they took like heel behavior in storylines, all of that sort of stuff. It was felt that they heated up territories too much. But back to your point, it wasn't recorded. Mm-hmm. And also Jim Cornette got older and has not remembered the innovation. He thinks of wrestling as a set of rules and a set of tricks you use to get an audience towards you, not understanding that that audience has shifted away. And Kenny Omega basically was one of the people who inadvertently rewrote that book. And also, weirdly, he rewrote that book for a portion of wrestling fans, but not all wrestling fans. In that way that AEW kind of has two audiences, the super intense, been following these guys since PWG, the like the new modern version of tape traders who are guys that I guarantee are who like Kenny and the young bucks are playing to. And then there's everyone else that's like, I like fucking wrestling. Let's see what this fucking shit is. Yeah. It's kind of like he Omega is kind of like one of the people that oddly makes it fine for you to show people who don't like wrestling wrestling. Cause they're like wrestling. Isn't that fucking fake thing? Eric, like, here's this guy wrestling a nine year old girl. And they're like, Oh, so we, they know it's silly. Yeah. They know it's silly. Yeah, and it's kind of that thing of, like, it actually sort of works, like, 
Kenny Omega and Mick Foley have a lot in common and that they're both people that can act as a retort to isn't wrestling fake. And it's like either you show that Mick Foley clip of Mick like falling off a fucking cage and be like, you tell that guy with no ass it's fake. Or you show him Kenny Omega just like wrestling a ladder and being like, we know we have fun, too. <laughs> but yeah, Mick Foley's the exact same thing. Him him falling off of the cage through the table or him with a sock on his hand and the sock has magical powers that make people go unconscious. It's the best. Oh, don't it's let him That's the duality of wrestling. Anyway, Kenny Omega um sends some tapes to DDT. He basically makes a video where it's Kenny Omega wrestling a guy who looks so much starkly like me right now. It's upsetting. And um he gets signed to DDT, and he's always been big in a Japanese culture. He wrestles a minute with Ring of Honor and stuff, but he really does honestly find his way in Japan. He really does, and it's very interesting in that he's a basically the 21st century version of Stan Hansen, and Stan Hansen is fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> not really, though, because he doesn't like, he's not like Stan super... Hansen could give a fuck. I get, hey, Kenny, are you getting that money, son? I certainly am, Mr. Hanson. That's good. I liked it when they paid me. Hey, can I use some of your pre-workout? I want total war. Hey, Kenny, I put some of your total workout in my beer. Shit my pants, calories. Don't count. <laughs> I guess it works. I worked I'm, out my asshole. <laughs> I'm doing keto with my asshole. So he starts his storyline. Basically, the this is... Obviously, just off some YouTube stuff I watched. So, but anyway, he really liked Kota Ibushi, so he went over to Japan and immediately starts tagging with Kota Ibushi in DDT. And this begins essentially a what are we going on? Sixteen-year storyline. Where are they gay? Who knows? It's so weird. So great. So fascinating. They kiss each other and stuff, but it's like. But I will say this: when they kiss each other, it's it's wrestling. So it's like it's not. As theatrical as the kicks as the I kiss would be, the- because it's like you know what I mean. You want to see these guys like let's fucking we get it. You're both straight. Let's get some tongue in here, boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Like uh, we all know this is for storyline, but storylines are still supposed to be hot, guys. Yeah, and what is a blowjob if nothing else but a kiss on a dick? Let's suck each other <laughs> off, guys. <laughs> guys, I've said it before and I'll say it again. What is some penetrative anal sex if not a penis kissing uh, someone's asshole? And yeah. I want to see that for the entire second segment on uh, the New Japan uh, television show that's broadcast in Los Angeles sometimes, but I can never find it. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I think that one of the things that should happen is after the match, it's like, are they or not? Are they gay or not? And then they go to kiss and then, and then you know, Kenny does the no thing and then fucking... Ibushi just sucks him off. Actually, it seems like Kenny would do the sucking off, honestly, because Ibushi's a lot hotter. I disagree entirely. I feel like... Um, uh, Ibushi's Ibu- always sweating, and he has a perfect body. Hey, also, he his hair never seems to be affected by what he does in the ring. It's, <laughs> that is very true. Kota Ibushi is, like, maybe one of the more handsome men on the planet, because it's like, his his hair is always perfect. He's always just that, like, perfect... Like I'm gonna say, commercial amount of sweaty, where they literally—if you've done a commercial before—they yes, like he they is. spray you with yes. sweat that sticks, and it's really like you have to fucking with all your body, just try not to do this, just try not to wipe it off. And Kota Bushi's always perfectly sweaty. He's got he's his his pecs take up half of his like torso. It's like he's all pecs. He has this big man tits. Yeah, he is. It's really yeah, good. You could show a movie on on his left man tit. Oh, yeah. And anyway, they don't suck each other off, but they should. That's my comment about the Golden Lovers. Let's I make it just... the fucking... Unless the Golden Lovers mean they piss on each other, in that which case, all right. We haven't gotten there yet. Like, it's also the thing of we actually all... we're just into piss. We're not... It's not, not just that we're gay. We're like super into piss. Yeah, Maybe like that's it. I don't love him, but I love the way he pisses. They bring a tub into the ring, and you think it's just going to use that in a hardcore match, and then they just take turns getting in and out of the tub while they just bathe in each other's piss. You think that's yeah, it? there's a lot of this, which is like one of them will hold the arm and then scoop the piss with their other hand and then just mm-hmm. sort of pour it over their arm. <gasps> oh! 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a match with Moxley, and Moxley's like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking the most hardcore wrestler here, and he pisses on them, and then <laughs> Omega just looks at him, gets a fucking super hard dong, because he's like taught himself to do that, and then he just pisses in his own mouth, and then there's no <laughs> match. Yeah, he pisses in his own mouth, charges up, 
<laughs> one wing angels of the ring with yeah, yeah, John yeah. Moxley in it. <laughs> yeah. Like a I am the battle crowd. Moxley's <laughs> actually dead. Yeah. That's the breaks. You died for wrestling. Good for yeah. you. Renee Peckett, not sad. As it turns out, John Moxley, not the best husband. Like he wasn't bad, but he just like he smelled mm. bad. It's actually good now that my son has no dad. <laughs> That's what she no, comes on TV and says. Yeah, exactly. Now that my son has no dad, he's also been signed to a weird contract with AEW, which makes me fine. But everyone else is like, stop doing this, Tony. Stop it. <laughs> so he uh, has some appearances basically coming in and out of Ring of Honor. He's still working the indies in New Japan because I think one of the greatest um, strengths about New Japan is that they do these tours. And I think that every wrestling company should essentially just do tours where it's like, if you're Chris Jericho or you're older or whatever, then you can just rest because you made enough money. But also, if you didn't, then you can still work other matches. I see what you're saying, but I just, um, I don't know. I just, I, the touring thing. That's it why just... I thought uh, AW, I was one of those guys. I wasn't like, I wasn't like one of those guys who was willfully ignorant. Like, I wasn't like, oh, Cody Rhodes is going to turn heel and this is great. I knew Cody was nuts. But, I was thinking, oh, they have such a big roster because they're gonna like work people in and out. It's like if I you're a champion, then you work too. straight. Was, but like, it was really yeah. stupid that they did not do that. And it's like, by the way, this moment with CM Punk and the Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks should show how much the product benefits from having people go away. Like their ratings are not down that much. If nothing, they're up a little bit. In yeah. certain areas, because that's like a Star Trek. It's like no matter who the captain of the fucking ship is, people are just gonna watch it because they like wrestling. You're 100 percent true, and we want to see what that fucking bones is up to. <laughs> so, Kenny Omega basically his big break is he gets in the Bullet Club. He starts being taken seriously after all these comedy matches, of course, with the little girl and in DDT. And um, he becomes, becomes the cleaner. The cl- yes, and the cleaner is a dope character. And um, I have he one barely issue becomes with the it. okay. This face where he would show his teeth and like do that really like. I think that's I think that's just like a, I think some of the stuff is cultural. Maybe I think it's but like basic, yeah. basically Kenny Omega came across as the kid I went to high school with. It's like I'm gonna tell people I'm gonna do a school shooting, but I'm not gonna. And you're just like <laughs> fuck you, you like. I'm demented for the attention. Yeah, That's yeah. Okay. yeah. And it's John, just like, John wants people to actually do school shootings. If you're gonna wear a trench coat, you better have guns in there. John Hastings. It's what, tombstone. It, listen, don't promise me something if you're not gonna fucking deliver there it. There you go. You shouldn't address like that. A school shooter. Yeah, that's right. It's just fucking. I just found the cleaner was fine. I just thought that. Uh, Kenny Omega, and it might have been cultural with how wrestling is presented in Japan. I don't know, but it really felt like Kenny's character throughout the early part, the this part of the Bullet Club was like, "I'm the obnoxious heel, dramatic." Yeah. So, like, you're just like, well, we he starts get out it. obviously as like a mid card dude because they're like, "Oh, this guy's really good at wrestling and really athletic." That's the whole thing about like all these like, oh, he has all these ideas about wrestling and shit. None of those don't. None of those work if he's not like so athletic this guy's so much more athletic than a regular professional wrestler it's fucking way, crazy if you any of you are wondering why are the young bucks popular look at the young bucks at this time in the bullet club mm-hmm. holy fucking shit were they the best like that oh, was, yeah. this is the young buck this is why there's AEW right here is this period of the bullet club got so fucking over those t-shirts are in fucking hot topic like, let's, well, this let's, is afterwards because we're we're talking about the cleaner character, which is this is where AJ Styles is the leader of the Bullet Club, which really like Finn Balor, Prince no, Devitt. But, but this is the thing that leads up to it. The 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 thing for me, which was when you started seeing like the T-shirts everywhere and started talking about, was Kenny Omega as the leader. Yeah, that's what and I'm saying. Then, oh, sorry, I thought you were saying that that was when AJ Styles was the leader. Sorry, Dylan, I misunderstood. Well, it's I think Bullet Club is one of the weird stables where it's like only the Bullet Club in their like third iteration actually hits their stride. Usually every single stable. I guess maybe DX is the same way where it's like they were st- as strong in their second iteration with the Outlaws and X-Pac as they were in their first with just Michaels, China and um Triple H, but the Bullet Club gains steam when Kenny Omega takes over as the leader and they kind of create their own like 
which is clearly what they're trying to do. Wolfpack version, which is just Omega and the Elite, and yeah, and the Bucks. It's an amazing sort of thing that the Bullet Club, because the Bullet Club is still going now. I still pop in on them. Now led by Dylan, do you know? Me. That's right. Dylan Gott's the leader of the Bullet Club. Jay White. Jay White's the leader now, and it's fine. But you're going to have ebbs and flows with something like this. And obviously and they are, can't I, stop it because people are still going to, people want to buy Bullet Club shirts. So it, this thing is going to exist for so long. What I do like about it is that they've just gone sort of in the opposite of what the WWE does, which is continues to sell the merch where they don't bring the person back. Do you know what I mean? Or like be confused. Instead of ending the Bullet Club when the elite became prominent or whatever, they just are like, this thing continues always. It's an ever existing problem. And which I kind of like because then you get these chapters well, yeah. of it. It's the ever ex- and it's the ever continuing story. You know what I mean? Well, this like we're not big Japanese wrestling heads, but to my understanding, there's a ton of stables in J- Japanese wrestling because it's kind of like they're doing the same thing as you would um, in sumo. There's a bunch of like stables in sumo, or obviously the UFC. There's fighting camps in the UFC so it kind of they work it like that where it's like okay this is a stable but really what that means is they all train together and they're gonna fight one-on-one still but this is a stable versus Bullet Club was like the first time they did like this is a professional wrestling US stable where they interfere in each other's matches all the time so it's kind of like Bullet Club is actively trying to ruin New Japan pro wrestling by having people interfere and then the meta of people actually do fucking hate the Bullet Club because there's always interference and they just want New Japan to be New Japan and they don't want it to be New Japan WWE yeah I do I want it to be New I want it to be New Japan WWE and then I want Vince Vince McMahon to start working for New Japan now I want Santina Morella to win the IWGP title. Oh, my God. Just Vince McMahon screaming at the commentators. Say he Pearl Harbored him. Say it. (laughs) Say it. I don't get it. All the heels are faces and all the faces are heels. What is this place? Yeah, why are all the the heels buying tickets? Who gave these heels money to buy tickets? Vince McMahon might go to jail, but I do think he should be let out of jail to book one New Japan show, and it should be a Wrestle Kingdom, and everyone would be like, what the fuck? And then find out afterwards, like, oh, okay, they just did that for fun yeah like why why is hulk hogan here and why is he uh suddenly setting up a match with uh kenta who's green and someone is yelling into a microphone that's godzilla (laughs) 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 why are there nine tag teams named kai and tai yeah um why is there a one-hour segment uh, marked for Wrestle Kingdom called Choppy Choppy Audiences Peepees? <laughs> 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 Let me tell you about that segment. It's where I fucking stab people in the dick for an hour. <laughs> they do great. They do great work here. And this is clearly the peak of Kenny Omega's career is when he becomes the leader yeah. of the Bullet Club because yeah. obviously you get the matches with Okada, which were 9,000 stars out of one star or whatever. It does weirdly like also ruin New Japan where I've heard a lot of New Japan podcasts where it's just people complaining about like not every match has to be 45 fucking minutes can yeah with 95 fucking false finishes but this is the other thing is this is where you get Cody into the Bullet Club and I think the Bullet Club the Elite those five guys Cody the Bucks Omega and Hangman that is really the strongest stable and of the last 10 years because you get cody being like i'm fucking dusty Rhodes' son i'm gonna take this fucking thing over and cody is such a fucking good heel which is why everyone was like please just be a fucking heel and why then, the uh, fuck by the way they didn't do like it's so well weird. they had this big feud and then they really didn't do anything or pay it off because they went right into AEW, and it's this weird thing where a lot of what Kenny Omega's philosophy is, is like, even your indie shit is canon. Hey guys, thanks very much for donating to the Patreon. Uh, we're trying to do a drive to get to 100 subscribers, and at 100 subscribers, we'll think of something to do. But if you guys donate to the Patreon, we have $5, $10, 20 or 25 if you're really crazy people that you guys can donate to. Thank you so, so much for donating to Patreon. Uh, it's really made this even more worthwhile than just talking about Barry Horowitz's dick already is. I want you to know how much I love all the Patreon listeners. I was quietly reflecting on my love while Dylan was doing that. Let's be honest. Great commercial.
Yeah, but I agree. But kind of, the... I kind of hate that because I kind of think you should always be like, okay, these guys came from another place, but this is what's happening here. It's like you you created your own world. It's like this is a different movie. Like it, every wrestling promotion is a different movie, is the way I kind of would think about it. Because then it gets too complicated. Because like, okay, so if it's all canon, then. Did Kenny Omega actually lose in fucking Border City Wrestling to Scott Demore last night because he just needed money and then he did wrestled that match and lost? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if that's true and all of that's canon, then also Don Callis, you shouldn't be your manager because if it's all canon, Don Callis was in wrestling twenty years ago, <laughs> had to go get other jobs and came back because he was nice to you. Like that. that let's not make everything canon. Then Kenny, you look like an asshole. Oh, buddy, if it was all canon and just is just a giant way to reintroduce Kurgan, thank God. Oh, my God. Can we get more Kurgan on my screen, please? What was that? What was the Jackals? What was the stable called again? Uh, the Truth Commission. The Truth. Yeah. Oh, that would actually really work. If they all came back as like an anti-vax stable, that's good. Oh, my God. If they came back as an anti-vax stable and they're like, we want the truth, the truth about what happened with Punk. Okay. That's the interesting oh thing God. about wrestling. That's the fucking interesting thing about wrestling is that like there are definitely these triggers so easily that you could just play like anti-vax shit. But I feel like here's why they can't do it in wrestling in particular is I guarantee at least half the locker room is going to be like, why is that guy the bad guy? Oh, no. But that's the thing, though. That's that it's too, too real. Is that like, well, that's the whole point of wrestling is to like pick at these little things and especially like it's so interesting you can pick at these little societal things and then we wrestling steers clear of them now but they didn't used to when it was just race or sexuality yeah. you know what i mean oh, like yeah, it used to be like it used to be like okay well this guy oh everyone hates fucking asians because they uh or sorry japanese people because it's just after world war ii get as many japanese characters as you possibly can doesn't matter <laughs> Get an Italian guy. They're they're any race. And then now it's like, hey, everyone hates or doesn't hate anti-vaxxers. Everyone has real opinions. Well, we shouldn't have a character that's anti-vax. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why? Because the crowd will get too into it? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You could essentially do basically the Hart Foundation angle from 1997 with vax versus anti-vaxxers in that you literally do that with so many things you could just like like sunny kiss i mean obviously you can't have a wrestling promotion kind of co-signing people booing a trans black person that's the thing, but... and boy would they oh boy would like dude they jack swagger going... jack swagger man when they were like when i, I say this once to say a thousand times when jack swagger's character came out i was like there's places this guy's not gonna be a fucking heel yeah, and they're not and prepared for this was, most places there were so many places where it was like oh dutch oh, mantel's first promo when he's like people here don't look like me and i don't like that and people start cheering and he I think he has a podcast uh, about it where he's like, I knew. I was like, people are going to cheer me. And Vince was like, just go out there and do it. Like, well, right. the other thing is also what I love about Dutch Mantella and that podcast is Dutch Mantella is just one of those guys that wasn't a dick in the back, like in the back, but he was just right. Like he's just like, hey, look, I got a weird mustache so people don't take me seriously, but I've been doing this for 40 years. And let me tell you, if I go out there in America and say I do not like black people, I'm going to get cheered. And Vince was like, well... <laughs> okay and he was like just letting you know i don't think that this is a good idea and he's like i do and he's like well i like getting paid so i'll do it dutch mantel really exposes how dope it is to be an assistant coach where it's like nothing is your oh fault oh my god that's the most yeah. accurate statement ever made ever that's exactly nothing's what your idea but nothing's your fault either so you're just like literally if you like the thing you're doing then you're like all right oh my god that's exactly what dutch mantel is dutch like, mantel referees are the worst because you don't get any like sports referees are the worst because like you get you just you just get abuse. No one's ever like that was actually a good call. Yeah, <laughs> no, great job. Yeah, the only time I've ever seen that was Herb Dean in the UFC when a guy broke his arm and just said he didn't break his arm, and Herb Dean was like, "You clearly have a broken arm," and the arena didn't see it because it wasn't like a compound fracture, and they all booed him. And then afterwards, it was like, "Yeah, you can see you broke his arm." So they retroactively had to be like, "I'm sorry," but still, in the moment, he got booed. What happened to Big John? That was my favorite of all the referees. He's in the UFC. fucking crazy. So he does uh, commentary for Bellator, which is like another. Oh, awesome! The Bellator, for those who don't know, is like. Do you remember WWF and WCW in the early '90s, where it's like the WWF is glitzy and glamoury, and then they're like, 
I mean, they could have turned the lights on if mm-hmm. this wrestling company was going to be using the building. That's what WCW was then, and yeah. that's what it's like. Wa- like watching Bellator, you're like, in this corner, Chael Sonnen, and he will be fighting eight people he owes money to in a fraudulent <laughs> land scheme. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much Bellator, you'll love it because Big John McCarthy just kind of talks. Like men are fighting in the ring, and Big John McCarthy's like, I'll tell you this. You hire people to build a deck, and then you pay him cash, and sometimes they just don't do that good a job. I said, why aren't you doing a better job? Oh, I guess he's knocked out. That's wh- that's one of the craziest knockouts. I'm not done my deck story. Anyway, and then there's no lower deck? I thought there'd be two decks. Yay. I, I said I wanted a fucking nice place. Nice means you build a toilet on my deck. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, John. I don't know how to tell you. This is the building inspector's office of Bakersfield, California. We do not actually handle the building. Listen, I'm commentating a Bellator event. You're either going to fucking figure out this deck situation or Uriah Faber is never going to get acknowledged that he just tapped out. <laughs> I don't know how uh, to tell you this, but the Paramount, good people of Paramount Television uh, have 19 hours a day of bar rescue and then me just talking about whatever I feel like for an hour because they do not watch their own programming and then back to... Uh, ass rescue. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got a they, flat ass. I'm gonna bump that ass up. My favorite thing about bar rescue, by the way, is I remember uh, he's dope. To- he would be my he. I, if bar if bar rescue guy came out during wrestling event, I would fucking oh not God. be able to talk for a week. I'd boo him so badly. I fucking hate that guy. I fucking hate that guy. I fucking hate him. I knew you would. He is. Dude, there's the, a certain the comedy club of, thing where he's like, cer- I, I got my good friend. Owen Benjamin. It's like you got Hitler to fucking do the oh first Oh my god, weekend. there's an episode where he gets Owen Benjamin to do it? Dude, and then they they remake this comedy club and it you I know people you by would the be way, furious. I, you I would be people, furious with what they do this club. I know people that uh played that club though and they were like is it the one where the owner keeps losing his mind on John Taffer and is like you don't get show business, man. The amount of people that played that club and they're like that ho- like that are like that guy did full drugs like in the second row while I was on stage and heckled me like they were like oh, it yeah. was fucking nuts. Well, reality TV hinges on them just sourcing out mentally ill ill people that own a thing. I just can't believe that Bar Rescue it took them that long to figure out comedy clubs because the amount of comedy clubs that have been going for thirty years. And that had so many problems. The London Yuck Yucks that operated for like twenty years in that weird dilapidated building. Do you remember? Did you ever play it, Dylan? The one where. Yes. They, like they would always say like just so you know when you arrive you're gonna have to take a shit i think we got some weird mold and it was like the weirdest thing where you're like what the fuck is wrong with that building i love that place next up bullet club so bullet, kenneth bullet, omega bullet. kenneth warren uh, jerome omega um is in bullet club does some great work this is where they get their shirts into hot topic this is where they start being the elite um that be, weekly vlog be, be. that's now yeah, that's now done, but also was like oddly the high dirge of their career where they literally, with a vlog, convince a billionaire to start a wrestling company. Is it is being the elite done? They're not doing it anymore? I don't see how you could because it's like it was just supposed to be like 15 minutes of shit they thought of over the week. And it's like now they run a wrestling company. Well, now that but the, being the elite only stopped in the after the all out fallout. So which I, by the way, is what we're now calling it. And I hate it. Uh, the all out fallout. Um, so I think it'll be back once they're back on TV. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Dylan, oh, it should think- be. Um, and then obviously they do all in Omega wrestles, wrestles Penta and they st- basically have a what do you call that they have proof of concept for look at us we can have a fucking wrestling company yeah it's also the um, how quickly it sells out how little advertising immediately they did. like exactly it was crazy it was like three tweets which obviously if you sell it out if you gut it out and you're like oh there's a couple tickets left please buy these tickets we did it we sold out the venue that's one thing but being like hey there's this thing on sale it's done now and yeah the- what it was literally was we're doing this thing. It sold out, by the way. Like, it was fucking nuts. Yeah, and let's not forget, like, the the kind of the impetus around this was Cody Rhodes. Or at least Cody Rhodes was very good at making himself the face of things. And I always saw this, too, where it was like, at one point, people forget this, but Jeff Jarrett was going to be in Bullet Club for some reason. With What? The, yeah, because they were doing Global Force Wrestling, and Jeff Jarrett, like, attacked someone with a guitar and was going to be in Bullet Club. 
um, which Jado and Gato loved because they they just the bookers for New Japan just love the NWO. And there's now, I mean, even though he's a late member, a real member of the NWO is going to be in Bullet Club. And Cody Rhodes always seemed to me like a half Jeff Jarrett thing where it's like, oh, you're just like, which I, it does make sense because he's such an American wrestler. But it's like, you're just kind of like taking these guys built this thing like this bullet club's been like escalating and escalating and then cody rose just kind of got in when it was like 75 percent of the way there and then did help it above obviously helped it higher and he's like a different type of wrestler than those guys so it, it does show variety but yeah he just seemed like really advantageous which i mean cody rose going to wwe same thing so i don't even know what that fucking diatribe was about but anyway what it, what it is about is a very interesting and in that Kenny is very much, he's a guy that lays the foundation for all of this, but you can see by the, this point, by the way, that it's very much, and we do know the business of it. It's the, the Jacksons and Cody are really running the show and Kenny Omega is very much, he is also a part of it. He was part of the, like being the elite building and stuff like that. But you do see him take a very decisive backstage role, especially as AEW gets off the ground because this is my first big exposure to Kenny Omega is the first AEW pay-per-view double or nothing and when I see double or nothing I Dylan do you enjoy how I pronounce that double it's very or nice nothing. when it get, how do I say this when he came out in AEW it was I felt and I think I wasn't alone as a North American wrestling fan just went Wait, that's Kenny Omega? Like, that's what he does? Like, it wasn't my. Yeah, because you're not watching bending. weekly Japanese television. Well, this is the thing. A, a guy like this, no matter what it is, he's built up too much. And when your thing is, I have the best matches, you're kind of like, just can't do squash matches. Like, yeah, that's, that's the a kind great of, point. And you got to have like a fucking five star. There was like, who was it? He wrestled them, um, and it was a good match, was but it? he wrestled uh, Alan Angels. And he didn't go life and death with Alan Angels. I thought it was a good match. Like, it was like, clearly Kenny Omega wins. Um, but it's still, like, you don't need to go life and death with, like, you know, lower mid-card jobbers. You're supposed to be, like, I have nine belts guy. So just kill some people. Like, he never really kills. I don't know. But anyway, that's nitpicky. It's well, it, it's up until when he, it's basically we have the first 18 months of AEW. It's fine. It's in the pandemic. And then we get weirdly the best part for me of Kenny Omega's career, which is his AEW. I know we're skipping over the Chris Jericho matches and all that sort of stuff. We will do an AEW Kenny Omega episode when he retires in the next two years because CM Punk hires him to be killed or AEW folds and the WWE doesn't pick him up and we'll go in depth. But I just want to say that his AEW title reign was the best Kenny Omega I've ever seen. It was the best AEW's ever been. He was phenomenal in his role as I am anime Harley race. I didn't like it at first, but towards the end of it, I was like, this fucking rules. This is exactly what I wanted as a champion. He was shitty. The weird anime aloofness worked perfectly with his mutton chops, the way, and he went up on his promos and then said another sentence. And it was just so fucking irritating. He was fucking great. And this is when Dylan, listen to me. Mm. This is when his I have the best matches thing worked because if he struggled, it's exciting. He was a shithead, but he would always win in the end and he didn't always cheat. It was like, oh, he is still a fucking good ass wrestler. Fuck, this is annoying. I see. I just think like if I'm going to use the like kind of like compared to the UFC, anytime a guy's like, I always have good fights. That means he's like a middle of the pack UFC fighter. He should always be like, I crush people. Anyway. To summarize Kenny Omega's career, they kind of does, or his AEW career shortly, is he kind of does the John Cena storyline, but he actually does it where it's like, it's such a good idea because he comes in, AEW's basically built around him, and the storyline is he feels too much pressure and loses. He does a lot of cool shit. Like, he immediately loses to Pac, um, and then his entire storyline is essentially like, the John Cena one, but he actually commits to it, which is he loses a bunch. He teams with Adam Page. They win the tag titles. It goes immediately to his head. And the elite and uh, Kenny and the Bucks turn heel and become the look at us. We're so fucking cool. But it's just it's a weird way to have Kenny be a heel because he's obviously got such an amazing style of wrestling that you kind of have to separate 
the character outside of the ring from the guy in the ring. It's kind of like that's why having him run around with all those belts and be a shithead worked so well. I see your point. And let me say this about your point. It's wrong and fuck yourself. Ooh. Yeah, Dylan. Yeah, buddy. But I do genuinely believe that. Like, I do think that. Like, MJF, everything about MJF is to keep you committed and try and get you immersed in it. Yeah. Like, his, he doesn't have a finishing move, really. He has the pile driver, kind of. And then his actual finishing move that he uses a lot is literally a fucking Fujiwara armbar, the most boring finishing move you can possibly have. Mostly his finishing move is he hits you with a foreign object. That's a fucking heel. Not like, here's my finishing move. Six of the dopest things you've ever seen. Not that every heel is created the same. Not everyone has to be the same fucking thing. I'm I just would saying, like to point like, out, because you're not listening to me, is that it's very interesting when it comes to heel Kenny Omega and that two people can have very different interpretations of. I mean, that's everything, uh, yeah. But in particular, I loved his run. I loved. I thought that his sort of presentation as the king of wrestling so suited. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was sort of the opposite yeah. of. Yeah, I guess you can't have that character of like I am the franchise. I'm why ever why this started without being a heel, right? So yeah, he's a he. But yeah, I think like what you said originally really is like I'd say the way to the entire Kenny Omega weekly U.S. wrestling run, the first time he's done weekly television in the U.S., which is a lot more promo-based and everything, than uh, Japanese wrestling is, it was just built up so high that he can't live up to it. So the first year in a bit is always going to be a letdown because you have to readjust your expectations. And then when he comes in as uh, I have a ton of belts, he's in Impact Wrestling, he's wrestling everybody all over the place, having great matches, he's great. He's great. It's just his prime was those Okada matches in New Japan, and everyone has a high point, and that's what he'll be remembered for is those three Okada matches. And now we're just kind of seeing, like, it feels like we're, like, watching, like, Ric Flair in 1989 or something, where it's like, oh, fuck, he's doing it again. But still, I guess 89 was kind of Ric Flair's high point, some people say. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't I don't know. Maybe we're watching, like... I think it was, yeah, I think it was whatever he gets caught for fraud or whatever is coming up. But <laughs> I don't know. The, Kenny Omega will have a big resurgence because he, and this is the most brilliant thing he's done. No one's ever kicked out of the one wing angel. This is the no most brilliant No one's ever thing. done it. Someone's going to kick out of it and it's going to be a nine star match because he's going to like kick it. He's going to do it again and then they're going to kick out again. Like he's, someone's yeah. going to kick out of that move like three times in a match it's gonna fucking blow everyone's mind and then I he's gonna like gonna go away and adam page what i literally thought is how they were and i actually think that they made a mistake not doing that i think that adam page needed something to shift that character away from like he's a cowboy but he's also sad to like <laughs> he'll kick the shit out of you and it's like this fucking guy kicked out of the one wing angel adam page needed that rub they should have done it then I'm so, like, but that is that is who Adam Page is, though. He's literally a cowboy with mental health problems. Like he's his literal his Twitter bio is his character, which is millennial cowboy. That's fine. Let me say this right now. He doesn't need to be like Stan. Han- he's never going to be Stan Hansen. They need to update it a bit. They need to give him some juice. I understand, but I just want. I just like. I understand the long-term storytelling that AEW engages in is exciting for a payoff. What I'm saying to them is they need to pick up the fucking pace and they need to spruce up some of their characters. CM Punk is gone. That's fine. CM Punk, in the end, what CM Punk was, was just a big, giant, hot baby face that kicked the fuck out of people, and they don't have any more of those. They need to start making more of those. That's Yeah, but fuck off, Moxley. (laughs) There you go. I fucking... uh, Eh, I'm from a play. I'm a from a junkyard. I don't like this. Shut That's up. Good. I could beat the shit out of you, John Moxley. You fucking loser. Nice you sweaty loser. My character is I'm a stepdad that probably cries when your mom feels like she can do better. That's me. Yeah, emotionally abusive guy. Yeah, I'm anyway, guy who. But they just guy, turned MJF face. Yeah, no, it's all right, I guess. But he doesn't. It's MJF, be, I mean, MJF, the MJF thing's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. Yeah. So mm. I think we the final thing about Kenny Omega, and I'm sure we skirted over some stuff, and I'm sorry because there's some really big Kenny Omega fans might be listening to this and being like, well, these guys didn't even really watch the New Japan stuff, and we are sorry no, we for didn't. that. Psych. Yeah. Fuck Psych you. we're not. Fuck yeah. off. We hope that it hurts you. We hope that you feel bullied. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the real, I think the real thing is, and then we can we can uh, close the episode on this, is uh, he fucked up in the women's division because his whole idea was I'm going to take the women's division in AEW and I'm going to make it great. And his his idea seemed to be here's some uh, wrestlers I like from Japan. They have Fuck no characters. You. Enjoy. You've never yeah. heard of them. They have no characters. Have Fuck fun. You. How be- and only when Tony Khan, which is crazy which is why Tony Khan, people forget this. Time will forget this, but Tony Khan for like two years was on a good run of booking. Tony Khan was like, how about we make Brick Baker a heel? And then that worked out amazingly. Brick Baker was a great heel. And so now it's just kind of like an American wrestling women's yeah, division. They, and yeah, and, like, and now basically what they did, like they de- debuted the former Paige. But here's what I said then, and I'll keep saying now. Can't, Paige can't wrestle. They just hired someone who can make entrances. No, they're like, going to make her wrestle. Is she wrestling? This is the thing about um, other wrestling companies. Is like Paige is gonna be just wrestling and oh my god, yeah, it's her. Br- it, she's their Kurt Angle, where Brit it's like ba- for Baker. some reason no one's gonna be like, hey, this is fucked up. They're just gonna be like, I guess she can wrestle. Holy shit! I thought that I I I can't believe that I didn't do what I all people who watch wrestling should do, which is take your morals and forget them. It's yeah, wrestling, man. wrestling. Yeah, man. Don't worry, it's not not athletic. We can protect her. And then she's going to be like, Oh, I'd like to take a pile driver on the apron and I'd like to be set on fire. Your page impression is perfect. Thank you. That's perfect. It was Uh, flawless. Hello. Um, And this is the other thing about Paige is that she's. um, I'm going to say. Am I watching that rock movie again? Fighting with my family? Not that good at this. She's not. She was an important part of. Getting women's wrestling to get more respect, but she's not that good at wrestling uh, anymore, uh, especially compared to some of the women they have. Yeah, in I AEW, agree. like, like Jamie Hader. Although Jamie Hader has a very bad name, although maybe it's a good name. Who cares? Jamie Hader. I'm done now. It just seems like a first draft um, is uh, amazing and whatever. Anyway, enough being fucking annoying, marks, John. What's no. the worst thing about Kenny Omega? The worst thing about this podcast is you just said stop being annoying marks. Dylan, if we stop being yeah, annoying that's what marks, we are. then the podcast is over. Best thing about Kenny Omega, he's a very no, good wrestler. Worst right. thing about Kenny Omega, he... Um, yeah, not our friends, he refuses to return our phone calls. Kenny, we're, can we be, come, come on us. I'm going to say promos. I'm going to say... Um, uh, he's a little bitch and can't take the heat when it comes to CM Punk. That's what I'm going to say. No. Um, promo. I I just I'm gonna say the booking in early AEW. I really I think it got off to such a bad foot. I think it was just so a w- bad way to introduce him to. It was yeah. It was a bit meta fans. where it's like okay, it would be it is cool that you're doing this, but the other thing is like Don't you should establish yourself as a super awesome wrestler first. Yeah, it's like. like- you can also tell the story where, like, he just lose because this is the thing he lost the first match to Jericho, and he wasn't the champion, so it was this whole thing where he sent reeling. But you can also tell the story where he just loses to Jericho and he beats people, but Jericho won't like he's for whatever reason he's like I you know they won't let him fight Jericho and he's got this crisis of confidence or something. You, I don't know. You have to get the guy like he's if he's the reason someone's watching it. It's kind of like. I'll use another MMA thing where it's like Thank God. I hope you I was hoping you were going to. Thank you. But like when they had Mirko Krokop come over and he was a really big star in Japan and um he won his first match, but like not by that much, if that makes any sense. Like he didn't look as yeah. good as he should have. And everyone was like, I guess this guy, okay, maybe you know? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Like it's that thing of like you only have so many times to make a first impression. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if you're going to get a star to come over at this, by the same... Like, the way they debuted Malachi Black, even though the rest of his fucking AEW career was shit, was exactly how you should debut these people. Guy comes in, kills one of your top guys, and you have a star now. Yeah. You know what I, I have to say? Are you say ready it. for this? I'm going to say something that I have to say. It's going to be a lot of slurs. Say your slurs. <laughs> they must fuck... No. Um... I think that the most exciting chapter in Kenny Omega's career is yet to be written. When someone kicks out of that one wing angel, that's going to be dope. Um, I think he's a great wrestler, but like he doesn't. He obviously is a he's a great wrestler, and um, just because there's no fighting it, 
He's going to be remembered as one of, if not the greatest wrestler of this generation. Absolutely. But I will say that, like, there's, um, he's not, he's far from perfect. He's not, he's really good. He's not on, like, all-time Flair level. For that, if you want to be all-time, like, Ric Flair, you have to be willing to commit physical assault on women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you unfortunately. The price. And the price is self-esteem of people you meet. When it comes to wrestling, unfortunately, Dylan is statistically correct. Like it's, I wish I could. No, disagree. Roman Reigns is getting there. Yeah, but we also don't know what he's doing on the. We don't know how he cured his leukemia. Oh yeah, Roman Reigns just starts like a fucking really skeezy supplement thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eat dirt that I shit in, Roman Reigns. Ooh. Yeah. A N O N Q anon. Benta, denta, denta, dent, dent, denta, denta. What I'm saying is... uh, How did I cure my leukemia? It's simple. I forced other people's wives to kiss me. Yeah. Anything more than a kiss is... But a kiss is fine. You can write that down. I'm Roman Reigns. How did I cure you, Clemia? All right. The doctors say this had nothing to do with it, but I... I fully just made Paul Heyman take a shit in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) I I just tubby Jewish men to shit in front of you. That is curing leukemia. I made him take all his clothes off, and then I made him... I made him take a shit in front of me, and I got to tell you, it was a lot bigger and healthier than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I took We both took our clothes off so he knew I was stronger and better than him in a way yeah. that he could fully appreciate. He stared into my better body for five minutes, and then I made him shit standing up so a lot of it got on his back of his thighs. <laughs> and then he had to walk home with his shitty pussy thighs, and then yeah. that helped me with my leukemia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we sat at the table. I was at the head of it. I was the head of the table, and then I got head under the table. I like that we are exactly what people think wrestling fans are. Is that we were like said a bunch of things about shitting, and then we also like I'm not plugging our. I have to go. Thank you for listening. I have to go too. Goodbye. This Patreon exclusive. Goodbye. Not Patreon exclusive. We're releasing this one. Oh, this are we week. releasing this one this week? Yeah, Hobson can't do it. Bye bye. Oh, that's right. Bye.